Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClain from Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We have winning on the way. Lotus Summer of Fun. We're going to get you into win. Well, we're going to get you into win a little bit later this hour. So just make sure you're uh, you're listening up. We're going to get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game, and that qualification to the Aviators game is obviously going to get you qualified and get you one close one step closer to that Lotus Summer Fund, which is a five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. Or you could take the $3,000 cash. So that's coming up this hour. But join us now on the phone lines, as promised, is our good friend John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And, John, it feels like a month of Sunday since we talked, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'll take that. I know that's right. Uh, we're we're giving out a trip every single week, and and last week it was a trip to New York City, and our guy Wendell actually won it. We talked to him yesterday here. Good for Wendell. I'd still take Tahoe any day <laughs> over New York City, mainly because I've never been to Tahoe, and I've been to New York City probably fifty times. By the way. Uh, since you were gone so long, I was beginning to wonder if you were ever coming back from Hawaii. <laughs> but um, you missed the annual softball reunion in Waco. Your name was brought up numerous times, especially when I had a ringer who played college baseball and was launching home runs over the centerfield scoreboard. And people said, wow, that reminds me of Q. Nice, nice. That's what I'm talking about. They don't believe the rumors around here that I can hit that thing over the wall, John. But I go, I, I go a yard. I go a yard all the time. <laughs> yeah, you are a good hitter, and you can run, and you were a pretty good fielder. And because you're gone, we kicked the uh, current media's butt. Good, good, good. I'm gonna have to make my way back. I actually thought about it this year. It just didn't work out with vacation, but I got to make my way back and at least uh, have one more run at it in that softball game. That's a yeah, lot of fun. I, I don't understand why anybody would rather go to Hawaii instead of Waco. <laughs> right, right. And you know, hey, convincing the wife to go to Waco. Hey, go back home. It's all good. Go to Waco for a softball game. We we could pass on Hawaii. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I'm sure she'd love. All of that. Well, John McClain joins us here at Radio Nation Radio 920 Necessary Rough. It's always great to catch up with John. And, John, we're a couple weeks away, about 15 days away from the Raiders getting uh, training camp going in the first day of practice. You've been covering the league for a long time. How much has training camp just evolved and changed since when you started covering to where it is now? The QI started, my first one was in 1977. That's when they still played 14 games. They didn't go to 16 until 78. And that's when they played six preseason games. The motto was just the opposite. You play the veterans barely in the first game, a little more in the second. By the time the last preseason game came, the veterans played three quarters to get ready for the start of regular season. And some of the things I like best that people thought it was just part of your orientation into the NFL was the hazing. And I, you know, I saw Pat Fitzgerald getting mm-hmm. fired for some of the things there. My goodness. I had a guy tell me in Denver, he played there a long time back in the 60s and early 70s, and he said they would take the players 
into the mountains and strip them. Wow. And leave them. And they had to get, make their way back to training camp. And some of them almost froze to death because it gets cold in the mountains. And so eventually they told them they better stop. But you'd see big old guys running around naked outside of homes trying to find somebody to give them a ride. <laughs> and then another one, let me see how I can put this delicately. Um, they would have them get on all fours on the goal line naked. They would get frankfurters or sausages. Oh, no. And they would stick them where the sun don't shine. Oh, no. And make them crawl to the next goal line. Wow. And see who could, he could keep them from uh, falling out. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's that's all bad. That is all bad. Definitely, duh, that's not going to be happening anytime soon. And, man, I can only can imagine, imagine. I couldn't can imagine. Can imagine, too, if they tried that today? Oh, no. No, no, no. That would be, whoo, that would be a, a real deal problem if anyone even thought about trying that these days. And I could, whoo, man, I could imagine. Glad I run around for that. Glad I went around to cover I that. Knew a guy. <laughs> I knew a guy didn't want to do double days. Back then, they had two, three, two, two-hour practices, full pads from the first day, full contact. Now they let them well wear shells, mm-hmm. and they have three days where they can play patty cake. Till and they don't even nobody hits to the ground anymore in camp. And that was to get them in shape and toughen them up. And one guy I knew used to take the Bible out of his room at the college bang on his knee till it swelled every night and then he could get out of practice so he just worked in the weight room then about two weeks before the season started for the last preseason game he didn't bang on his knee anymore he was ready to go man uh, yeah I, I i remember hearing a story about that and 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 that's funny at least he was thinking of how to get out of uh out of practice and, and get ready for the regular season on his own way you know being in the weight room and not being on the practice field again john mcclain sports radio 610 in houston is our guest here radio nation radio 920 talking all things training camp and you know right around the corner before training camp for the for the raiders josh jacobs and for the Giants, saquon barkley is the deadline to get that uh that long-term deal done or they're gonna have to play on the franchise tag uh what do you think do you think that it's gonna get ramped up on the 17th or right around the 17th? I think it's in the game. The Raiders and the Giants have not made their best offer. They'll make them another offer. And if the guys are smart, they don't have any bargaining power. They can franchise them again next year. So if you can get some guaranteed money in the form of a signing bonus, they should take it. And Saquon Barkley's already had one torn ACL. He knows what it's like. Unfortunately, they play running back. The mm-hmm. position is not valued as much as it used to be. So if you can get money that will take care of you, and it's not going to be quarterback money, receiver, cornerback, pass rusher, offensive tackle, you better wise up and take it. Who do you think, John, is on the, the bigger hot seat in uh, 2023, Brandon Staley with the Chargers or Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys? Mike McCarthy's won 12 games the last two years. Jerry Jones doesn't have a quick hook. Everybody acts like in the media that Jerry's like Dan Snyder used to be, firing his coaches every two or three years. He mm-hmm. doesn't do that. Look at Jason Phillips. Yeah. Look at, look at uh, Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips. And even Dave Campo back in the early 2000s 
So I don't think he's on the hot seat. Maybe in the mind of the media, if he wins 12 games and they lose a divisional round game, he's not going to get fired. Everybody thought he was going to get fired last year, and they were going to hire Sean Payton, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry's good buddy. Well, how did that work out? Now, Brandon Staley was supposed to be, you know, the boy genius. He wasn't a coordinator very long. He was a big Fangio protege as a linebacker's coach, and he's been blessed with Jer- Justin Herbert at quarterback and a lot of really good skill position players. So I'm thinking he is. There was a lot of people thought Sean Payton was going to hold out till Staley got fired because he had moved on the water outside L.A. But Denver and Walmart people made him such an offer he didn't refuse. So it's worked out great. Peyton and Staley, he better get the job done, and he's got the tools to do it. You know, not many teams got a young quarterback better than Justin Herbert, so he's better produced. Yeah, you know, that Sean Payton moved to Denver. I thought that there was no doubt he was going to end up in L.A. with the Chargers, as you mentioned. He ends up in Denver. How quickly do you think he could get things turned around, especially with Russell Wilson, what we saw from him last season? Okay, well, let's say uh, every great coach has a great quarterback. The only person that I've seen coach and win consistently without great quarterbacks is Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs may be the greatest coach in history, and he gets no credit. He won Super Bowls with guys who never mentioned Super Bowl in their name. He went to another one, lost to the Raiders with a quarterback who never mentioned Super Bowl with their name. That was great coaching. All the other great coaches have great quarterbacks. Did they develop the quarterback or did the quarterback help develop their reputation? Drew Brees was great, so Sean Payton was great. Brees retired, Payton retired. Now he's got to resurrect. Russell Wilson. If he can resurrect Russell Wilson's career after two mediocre seasons, he will get a whole lot of credit. But if he doesn't, people are going to say, well, Sean. Did we lose him? Did we lose him? I think we lost him. I think we lost him. Check that, Ari. I think he just hit a – I think he's somewhere on the 6'10". I think we lost him real quick. Okay, I think we're getting him back. All right, John McClain joins us back. And I think – no problem. Yeah, sorry about that. I was talking about if he resurrects Russell Wilson's career, then people are going to say, yes, indeed, he's a great coach. But if he doesn't, people are going to say, well, Drew Brees made Sean Payton, not vice versa. Again, we're talking with John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things NFL. Speaking of quarterbacks, you've seen Jimmy G. My big concern with him is health. What do you think, if healthy, what kind of quarterback could Jimmy Garoppolo be for the Raiders? He's not a great quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback who, who has experience winning, working with a great organization. The key is he's how many times he played sixteen games? Once. Once, yep. And he's he's got and and I don't think the Raiders would have signed them if they didn't expect him to to not have an issue with the surgery and everything. So I look for him to do a good job as long as he's healthy. When you've got the league's leading rusher behind you and the attitude that you are going to run the ball and you've got some good defensive players led by Max Crosby, got a really good rookie pass rusher from Texas Tech, Tyree Wilson, if indeed he's healthy, then I think that uh, that uh, Ruffalo will play very well. But he does not have the weapons overall 
that the 49ers had. Right. Yeah. No, no, and they, he doesn't have that defense that the 49ers had either, but he does have Max Crosby, as you mentioned. Uh, what do you think Max Crosby needs to do to be in Defensive Player of the Year, like real conversations, outside of obviously the Raiders winning games too? There is a great story in The Athletic by Ted Wynn. He watched tape with Crosby and talked about when Crosby was drafted as an undersized defensive end and what he has done to his body to his mind, where he's so smart, he studies so much tape, and to put himself in to be a difference maker. He's great against the run, which is not, not you can't say that a lot about an under, a lot of undersized defensive linemen, but Crosby has made himself great against the run. It's a terrific story in the athletic, one of the best I've seen this offseason. I just read it today. What he needs is to play the way He's played the last couple of seasons. He got the big contract, and the Raiders got to win. Yep. You know, they don't take defensive or offensive players of the year from losers. And for the Raiders to win, Max Crosby's got to make sure that Jimmy G stays healthy. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And, yeah, that was a great piece by Ted. We had him on the show to talk about it and break it down. I thought that was uh, an awesome job he did, sit down, breaking down film with Max Crosby. We'll close out with this, John. Hard Knocks, we still don't know who's going to be on it. Is it inevitable that it's going to be the Commanders once the sale goes through and everything's official? It better not be the Commanders. If it's the Commanders and they sold out and let the Jets bully them, Mm. Nobody gives a rat's you know what about <laughs> the commanders. They want to see the Jets. And if it's not the J E T S Jets, 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 uh, it's not HBO's fault. And it's not the hard knocks people. They do a tremendous job. I've seen every single episode. But if they let the Jets push them around when they have the power to make them do it, shame on the NFL because nobody. Not even the Bears, Commanders, or Saints fans wants to see their team over the Jets. Right. There you go. Well, it's the longest that it's ever taken for an uh, announcement to be who's going to be on Hard Knocks. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and I'm waiting a little bit more. Well, John, fantastic stuff as always. Great to catch up with you again. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Hugh, I'll say this, too. If they let the Jets get out of it by just saying they're not going to do it, that sets precedent for any team. You think when Bill Belichick is eligible, he's going to say, hey, you let the Jets say no, right. we're saying no, minus. I've got columns on sportsradio610.com that are free, free, free. Thank you, Q. Hey, thank you, John. Appreciate you as always. Great stuff. The general, John McClain, the Hall of Famer, Sports Radio 610 on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John's been covering the NFL for so long. So long. 77. I literally was born in 76. 46 now. As much as you talk about old Q, old Q, old Q, Ari, he's been covering the league as long as I've been alive. Yeah, you didn't ask him about the bell clip. But that's okay. I didn't I didn't look, <laughs> like, man. He took us down he some is, dark, dark yes, paths when did. we talked about some when he started talking about some hazing. So oh. I don't think I needed to ask anything about the belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move along from that. <laughs> that I mean, can you imagine? And no, to his I credit, cannot. no, can I mean in 77. That was not a big deal. In the 77, a lot of things weren't big deals. Not saying they were right. Uh, yeah, no. I not agree. saying they're right, but they weren't big deals, right? I mean, that was things that happened. I mean, I think we've all been, to a certain extent, in part of, you know, whatever group fun, locker room fun, as they call it. But nowadays, that's just not what it is. But to hear those actual real stories is like, whoa, like that really happened? Man. 
I'm yeah. glad I was only um, one at that age. Right. <laughs> Man, that was that was that was something right there. But again, he knows it. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's great info. It's just yeah, it's just hard to swallow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, on, on so many different levels. And again, you know, we talked to Amber Wilson on the show yesterday, uh, and we talked about the Northwestern situation with Pat Fitzgerald and what was going to end up happening. And literally, as soon as she hung up with us, all of a sudden the news came down about Pat Fitzgerald fired at Northwestern. And you know what? Honestly, they didn't. I don't think they had any option. I think they had to do that, right? I mean, there was just there. There's and was something I learned when I was in Central Texas covering Baylor. You know, the head coach doesn't want to be the guy that says that they know what the players are doing on and off the field and in the classroom, this, that, and the other. But ultimately, that's their responsibility, whether they like it or not. Right? And I, I covered Art Bryles, and, and even though he was a, and to me, nice guy, good coach, he was like, oh, well, I didn't know. I, didn't, that, that, I don't know thing don't work. I don't know is, is something that does not work. You cannot use that as an excuse. Right? So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's funny, and we're going to implement this on the show maybe starting next week. Uh, my buddy Emmett Golden, who I did radio with last night on ESPN, uh, he was telling me about something that he does on his local station, ESPN Cleveland, and he was calling it, he did a segment that said, reasons or excuses. Ooh. Is this person making a reason or is it an excuse? And so, I don't know is not a reason. I don't know is an excuse. So, there you go. So, we will implement that onto the show. We'll have that. We'll start that up next week, probably on Monday. So, uh, let's take one quick call before we uh, take a break. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Quick is the name. Quick. Shout out to my man, Quick. What up, Doc? Yo, Q-Bomb. Hey, Q-Bomb, you've been all over the place. Hawaii at the Tip concert. <laughs> I said you can have whatever you like. Oh, you boy, you've been all over doing your thing. You know how it is, man. Baby, let's go. It's that time, right? We got 15 days, yep. and it's a reason or an excuse. Was Derek Carr the reason, or is Josh McDaniels going to make more excuses? You got the question on the line today, and I'm going to answer it. I'm nervous about Josh. Okay. Literally. Not the play calling, but the decision making. There were times in last season's games where he scared the heck out of me with lack of uh, urgency, um, situational play calling down in the red zone. There was just times where I felt like he left a little bit on the table, and he's too old to have any excuses and too much of that genius talk that gets thrown around when you talk about Josh to have that happen. So am I nervous? Heck yeah, I am about Josh McDaniels because his doggone, uh, his situation last season was not impressive, man. And that's just from an overall coaching standpoint. From rah-rah and the guys up to, you know, again, bad play calling to, again, we're going to find out if Derek Carr was the reason or we got some excuses being made. 15 days, true ball. Let's get it, boy. I'll talk to you in a minute. All right, there he goes. Quick, great call. Great call. And again, I always say if you're going to call in and, and, and question the coach and be fair about it, and, and he was. He was very fair about it. And I think that that is something that is going to be a storyline that everyone's going to pay attention to and see how everything develops from year one to year two. And, and I think that his points were, like I said, as, as mentioned, very valid. So definitely appreciate that. And clearly, Ari, reasons or excuse, it clearly works. It clearly yeah, works. Perfect. It's not a Q original. I'm never going to sit there and try to say I came up with this and made up with this. Radio is like 99.9%, <laughs> you know, borrowed from somebody else anyway. So we're going to borrow it from my guy Emmett Golden. We're going to borrow excuses or reasons, reasons or excuses. Again, we'll start that on Monday. Quick, thanks so much for the call. Do appreciate you. 319 is the time. Call number nine is what we'll look for right now. How about 702-365-9200? We're going to get you registered for four tickets to the Aviators game, which is going to give you a shot at winning that weekly grand prize trip 
five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food, or you can just take the cold hard cash, $3,000. But the first step is get registered for four tickets to an Aviators game. Call number 9-702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. One minute and one second to play. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Boy, radio calls have come a long way since then, huh? If you're wondering what that little transistor radio or the little G.I. Joe, like CB that you may have had as a kid, what that sound was, that was Wilt Chamberlain's 100th point. That was the call on the radio. Again, radio calls, radio quality has come a long, long way since then. And why are we talking about Wilt Chamberlain? Why are you hearing that call? Well, Rob Ford, the co-director of Goliath, which is the three-part documentary series that debuts on Friday, July 14th, about the complete story of Wilt Chamberlain, will be joining us in a matter of minutes. We did get our caller number nine, uh, getting in to win the four tickets to the Aviators game, which is, more importantly, get you one step closer to that five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. And you said uh, Millie Rock is the winner? There you go. (laughs) Millie Rock. Millie Rock, appreciate you. My man, definitely appreciate you uh, being caller number nine, and you're one step closer. And the good thing for you, Millie Rock, this show's is winners. What did Mike Singletary? I want winners. <laughs> right? Look, if you don't want to win, if you don't want to win the grand prize, don't get registered on this show. Yeah, go call don't mess show. our stats up. <laughs> we got to keep our stats up high. All right? We're batting, we're batting pretty damn good right now. I want to keep that, that stat up high. So if you don't plan on winning the whole thing, then just get registered, like, I don't know, on our sister station. Or get, I don't know, get registered on the morning tailgate. You know, let, let, let them set up someone who's not going to win. You know, I'm just saying, if you plan on winning, let's do it. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm being a little greedy. Being I'll little take greedy. your calls, whoever you are. Right. We, we right. love you all. There's no doubt. Ari's standing by, and he's he's definitely holding it down. We appreciate him. I've uh, been throwing out the question about the Raiders' offense and how concerned you are, if there's any concern, of the Raiders' offense outside I think that everyone has some level of concern when it comes to the health of Jimmy G. We asked that question. We'd love to hear from you at 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, you could always hit us up at 702-365-9200. And look, after we talk to Rob, that's going to be the last live guest that we have on the show. So once we get him on and, and, and talk about Goliath, it's going to be fantastic. Then the phone lines will be wide open like some old school TV antennas. So, you know. <laughs> so we're expecting him in a matter of seconds here on the show. We got Wendy real quick. Okay, let's meantime. get Just Win Wendy Just in real quick. Just Win Wendy, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Okay, so let me tell you why I'm worried about the offense. Okay. And it's not his health. It's the fact that there are the most important relationship on the field is between the center and the quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They only have seven weeks. And the whole offensive line, getting used to the quarterback, and then – getting used to handing off to any running back. I don't care which running back you got. And throwing the ball down. The, he hasn't been out there. It's true. I'm like, so I'm like, okay, so is it going to take three or four games for him to get on on, on cue or, excuse me, <laughs> nice. you know, on, on the go, on the, it's because it's like seven weeks is not very much. Plus they have to, you know, get all those 
non-starters or, you know, yeah. the other guys yep. ready for the preseason games. So, yeah. So I'm worried about the cohesiveness because he hasn't been there yet. I like so, it. So uh, after the four games, we'll see how, how he looks. All right. Well, there you go. Just win, Wendy. It's always great to hear from you. Thanks so much for the call. All righty. All right. There she goes. Just win, Wendy. That's a great call. That is a great call, and, you know, that's something that they start working on in OTAs. That's something that they start working on in mandatory minicamp. And to Wendy's pro- – uh, uh, to her point, Jimmy G didn't have that. So, yeah, there is going to be a question of how quickly can he get on the same page with the offensive line, the center exchange, the handoff to the running back, you know, the the where Devontae Adams wants the ball delivered, where Jacoby Myers wants the ball delivered, where Michael Mayer wants – so that, that all makes a lot of sense. I, I think that that's very valid. I, I hadn't taken – that approach to it, uh, I do think it's something. But I also think with these guys being professionals and, and them knowing the expectations, I also think that they're going to put the work in to get there. It might not be, as she said, you know, you got to get non-starters reps. You've got to get, you know, guys that are, are going to be pro- released at the end of training camp. Those guys got to get reps. Obviously, Jimmy G is not going to play in the preseason. We don't expect to see him play in the preseason. Hell, Derek didn't play at all last year. So don't expect to see Jimmy. But you never know. Things can happen and change. Even if he does play, it's not only going to be a handful of snaps. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be up to those guys, honestly. You know, when you say put in the work, that's going to be up to those guys to put in the work and, and maybe even some extra work. Like get out in the park and do some snaps or get out, hey, let's meet at the facility, let's do some snaps, let's do some extra work. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what the greats do. The greats stay after practice. The greats stay after games. The greats are the ones that are, are, are steady grinding. The greats are like Max Crosby, right, at the facility early, at the facility late. The guys that don't ever want to stop doing what they do because they want to continue to work. So if if the intentions for 10 is to go in and get on the same page with everybody, earn their respect, and be the leader of that team offensively, that's the kind of work he's going to have to put in. And a guy like Andre James, Dylan Parham, whoever's the center, those guys are going to have to be able to put that work in as well. Andre James doesn't want snaps fumbled. He doesn't want to snap the ball over a guy's head. I mean, there's it, it's all up to them, again, about the work that you put in. You, you, you are – the, the work that you put in. Simple as that. What you do throughout the work week is what you show on Sunday. I say it all the time. Obviously, the other team has a lot to do with it, but your games are won and lost during the, during the week, during the practice week. If you half-ass it at practice, guess what? When you get out there on Sunday, you're going to half-ass it out there, whether you want to or not. <laughs> it's, just, it's just muscle memory. It's just, it just kind of is what it is. So that's a great point that you bring up. Uh, Wendy, thanks so much for that call. We definitely appreciate you. And you continue to hit us up with calls at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, when we, you know, obviously don't have a guest, we can get to the phone lines, uh, but we can always get your text. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Speaking of guests, joining us now on the phone lines, excited about this conversation, is Rob Ford, uh, the co-director of Goliath, which is the three-part documentary series debuting about the complete story of Wilt Chamberlain. And Rob, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. How excited are you for this documentary to be seen, and how fun was it putting this thing together? Man, I am beyond excited. Uh, it was incredibly fun putting it together. Um, you know, Will Chamberlain is arguably one of the most famous and iconic, you know, American figures, period, not just basketball or sports. And he has so many complex layers to his personality. And it was just a fun challenge to bring him to life and to truly depict who he was so people to get an understanding of who he was as a man, as a human being. 
I always wonder when someone puts together either a documentary, a, a biopic, they, they write a book about a person, what inspired that? What led you to say, this, this is what we need to do, we need to tell this story? Um, that's a great question. There's a lot of other people that were involved in how we got to this point, particularly Kevin Garnett, who is mm-hmm. a ginormous Will Chamberlain fan and developed a project with Village Rose Show and then got it sold to Showtime. But for me personally, I feel like Will Chamberlain is literally like a uh, Paul Bunyan, this urban legend type yeah. figure that we all know and have heard of. If you know nothing, you know 100 points and 20,000 women. Um, and it's like, but no one really knows the true story or can tell you details or show you footage, you know, so it feels so mythical, you know, and mystic in that way. So I was just super curious about, like, really wanting to unearth the man. And now being on the other side of the project and it's complete, made, and done, what I can tell you with supreme confidence is he is the most important figure in the history of basketball i didn't say the greatest right i didn't say the best because those are like conversations that really are debatable to no end because everyone has their own opinion that they can justify but after you watch this film and you understand he literally creates the blueprint model for the first black superstar rich athlete like that didn't exist it wasn't a thing and he gave birth to it and everyone thereafter is essentially standing on his shoulders and building upon that so for me that makes him the most important because he laid the foundation again we're talking with rob ford director of goliath it's the three-part documentary series about the complete story of wilt chamberlain you mentioned kevin garnett and he's always a fascinating guy to me i just i just love his energy what he brings to the table just listening to him talk but i know that you tapped into a lot of athletes a lot of great athletes uh, as a part of this i mean how many different people's voices were heard in this documentary it's a great question, man. It's going to sound like a crazy marathon, but we filmed 44 interviews for this entire project, and 41 of those are actually in the film. So wow. it's, a, it's a lot of people. It's the chorus, as we call it. <laughs> man, that's what kind of stories? You know, like what some of the, the stories are, are we going to be expecting to hear when we, uh, when we check out this documentary? You're going to learn about his adolescent life. And mm. I think that's the part that a lot of people just have no knowledge or awareness of. And in particular, he, he had a rough time as a kid because he grew so tall so fast and he was made to feel like an outcast and like a freak. And he was literally put in a class at this time they called oddball. We would today call it remedial yeah. or special education. And he lost his confidence. He developed a stutter. And it really, really, really just put him in a dark space. And the adult version of Wilt, you see later in the film, is still trying to repair those traumatic childhood wounds and fill the void of what happened in that time. Um, We go deep into the 20,000 woman, the psychology of why he would say that and what his sisters thought about that statement and how it even ever came to be, because it wasn't originally his idea, ironically. You know, he sort of co-signed it. Um, and unfortunately, how that put this permanent blemish on his legacy, 
because he was a man that spent his whole life trying to say, don't look at me and define me by my physical sort of composition, you know, mm-hmm. my height, my speed, my strength. I'm an intellectual. I'm a, I'm a sophisticated man. I'm a well-cultured man. I'm a traveled man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that statement put him right in the box of being physically objectified. And to this day, he hasn't really been able to shake it. So it's heartbreaking in that way. But, um, yeah, man, the stories are, are infinite. Yeah. Uh, but you'll learn about him as a fashion icon. you learn about his political activism. You know, he was involved with King. He was mm-hmm. involved with Nixon. He almost fought Muhammad Ali. Wow. You know, he was the first to really drive player empowerment with demanding trades and claiming ownership. He was a part of the first super team with Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. I mean, he's like literally a real life Forrest Gump. Like yeah. there's so many like yeah. American milestone moments that he was right in the middle of and his life kind of carries in that way. I'll tell you right now, Rob, I know the screening is on Thursday. I wish it was right now. Like, I'm so <laughs> I'm so ready to watch this. And really, going back to what you were saying to him uh, as a child and how he would, you know, today would be a special ed class or a remedial class. And, I mean, that must have been – like, we kind of take it for granted. We see these – athletes and we see these guys that have super size we've been looking at Wimbenyama at summer league and he's seven foot five and we're like man this guy's a monster he's awesome but at that day and age when that just wasn't the norm for these athletes that must have been really something for him to to have to bear that and and I'm sure with the family talking about it and sharing the stories with you that was really eye-opening absolutely man Here, here's the sort of ironic full circle nature of it debatably the best player in basketball right now, and maybe not because the Joker just won the championship, but at least prior, or at least right there with Joker, is Giannis. Mm-hmm. And his nickname is literally the Greek freak. Right. You know, yeah. because he's tall and fast. And he, compos- physical composition-wise, in, in today's game, is probably the closest thing to Wilt Chamberlain, seeing someone of that size have speed and strength and athleticism. But that name is cool, and it's fun, and it's sexy, and it's, it's eye-catchy. But Wilt was literally called a freak in his adolescent years because of his height. But it was more like a circus show. It was more like this weird abnormality that really, really scarred him and hurt him deeply. So it's just really trippy making this movie and hearing Wilt talk about how people looked at him and referred to him as a freak, and then watching Greek freak right honest or like tv with mikey commercials like yeah it's cool it's fun like <laughs> but again like wilt had to go through what he went through so guys like Giannis could be the greek freak and it could actually be cool and fun and hip you know yeah no that's that's awesome it really is and again we're uh, speaking right now with rob ford he directed goliath this is the story about wilt chamberlain it's a three-part documentary series that debuts on friday july 14th definitely encourage everyone to go check that out and and rob i think that this is something that Anyone who plays basketball this right now or loves the game of basketball definitely should watch just to get the history lesson out of it and learn where everything, how everything developed and how it is to this day. Thousand percent, man. So for the basketball lovers, you thought you knew, but you had no idea, and you will learn, you know, um, from this one for sure. Will Chamberlain to this day is probably still number one or top three in probably like 40 to 50 different singular records in the history books of basketball. And we tell you the how and the why of that. You know, he won two championships, 
a lot of people feel like he should have won more, and he got this label as the big guy who was the loser who couldn't win the big one because of Bill Russell and his Hall of Fame supporting cast. But the irony, man, is like in six of his sort of big losses to Russell, collectively those losses totaled nine points. So what you realize is a lot of this is luck, it's timing, it's attrition, you know, it's injury, it's supporting cast, it's coaching, and it's the organizational structure of the ownership, and it's not just one guy, you know. But basketball-wise, you know, Wilt, along with Russell, were the two guys that were the first advertised as Russell and the Celtics versus Wilt. And, you know, <laughs> the Sixers, where they took two individuals, the way they do it every day on TV now, yeah. and it's like Lakers, LeBron versus Warriors and Curry. That started with Wilt and Russell, and at that time it was really uniquely interesting because being that they were two black guys pre-civil rights mm-hmm. on television, they had to treat them as human beings. It couldn't be like black guy versus the white guy, like a Jack Johnson or you know something right. earlier. Yep. So it was helpful in that way, but it, it gave the NBA – the blueprint from a marketing perspective of what they use today. And when Will showed up, there wasn't even a TV contract for the NBA. He is the person that brought the spectacle of, we got to get this on TV so people can see this man and got the first TV deal. So again, I can't like the amount of things that he did for the first time, just in basketball alone, Mm -hmm. Um, are insurmountable. And and for those who are not basketball fans, we spent a lot of time talking about who he was off the court because we want to make this appealing for people who don't, like, have an avid basketball understanding to still feel like it's interesting and they can follow and learn who this man was. Yeah, just the life and times of Will Chamberlain. I think that a lot of us, and I include myself in this conversation, heard all the rumors and all the, you know, all the urban legends or whatever. It's almost like Bigfoot, as you kind of referenced earlier. You know, it's like everyone hears about him. Nobody's ever really seen him or learned about him. This is your opportunity to learn about him. And on top of that, Rob, it's, it's raw. I mean, it's put together really well, but it's also raw and uncut. So it's like it's, it's the, real deal, the real deal story. Yeah, man, we have our, like, sort of principle of, of guideline of how we went about choosing who to put in the film was, was in tiers. And tier one was you had to have actually known Will and spent time with him, whether it was a family member, a friend, a teammate, a coach, a referee, an opposing player. We wanted everything to be as first person as intimate and as subjective as possible. So we have two of his sisters. We have two, excuse me, three of his nephews, one of, one of his nieces, his best friend in the world, Philly legend, Sonny Hill, um, teammates of his, Wally Jones and Billy Cunningham, um, a couple of Celtics guys he played against, and then a lot of just media voices of the time, Jackie McMullen, Bob Ryan, who covered you know, the Celtics, but, but saw Will, you know, in his hay. So it, you will feel in the world, you will feel the truth, the authenticity, the weight of what was going on at that time. And this is not going to be like a, I heard or so-and-so said, or I believe like, no, people are going to tell you from firsthand experience, Wilt said this to me, Wilt, 
dunked the ball on me. You know, <laughs> Will took me on a date, and here's what that was like. You know, like right. you're gonna get it all, bro, firsthand. I'm excited. I really am. Goliath will debut on demand and on streaming on Friday, July 14th for all Paramount Paramount Plus uh, with Showtime subscribers before making its on-air debut on Showtime on Sunday, July 16th at 10 Eastern and uh, and Pacific Time with episodes premiering each Sunday. Goliath is produced by Village Roadshow uh, Television and Gotham Chopra's Religion of Sports in association with Kevin Garnett's content, content cartel. Uh, Rob, I'm so excited about this, man. I can't wait. I can't wait till the till the uh, screening and, and the event on Thursday. I'll be there, be a part of that. I'm excited about it. But thanks so much for spending some time with us this afternoon just to give us a little bit of backstory on this about uh, Wilt Chamberlain. My pleasure. Appreciate you. I'll be there Thursday, too, man. So I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. And thank you for the time. Yes, sir. We'll link up. Thanks so much. There he goes, Rob Ford. Great stuff right there. I'm telling you, if I can go watch that right now, I would that 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 he's got me fired up to go check it out. Like I'm I'm so excited. I know Thursday's coming. <laughs> It'll be here sooner rather than later. I don't like to try to skip days because look, days are valuable to us. But man, I cannot wait. This event going on on Thursday. I'll be there. Rachel Nichols will be a part of the the panel. Kevin Garnett will be there. Matter of fact, Rachel Nichols will be a part of the show on uh, Thursday as well. Coming up at three o'clock on Thursday to talk about it. And then after the show, uh, myself, I know I'll be headed that way. Low Q, who's in town, uh, as I mentioned, all basketball fans or even players, guys who aspire to play, need to learn the history of the game. So Little Q is going to go and accompany me. He'll be my plus one at this event. So, yeah, this is going to be an exciting thing. And, man, I don't know about you, Ari, but I got fired up talking to Rob. No, that was awesome. I I, I actually know a few couple things. Y'all know first none. Y'all nah. know none. Listen. <laughs> Listen here. The basics. I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I knew enough, I'm saying, right. already to, to be hyped about this interview. But, yeah, that just – on top of that, he, yeah. he really brought it. Yeah, that was awesome. I also, while he was talking about some of the stats, I stumbled upon an article about the, uh, the top ten unbreakable – Stats from Will Chamberlain. Wow, these are crazy. Drop a like, drop a couple for me. Well, I I guess before I do real quick, it's just the disparity like from him to so for example, like a most career 50-point games, he's got 118. The next person below him is 31. That's Michael wow. Jordan. So it's just things like yeah. that where they're so far wow. so far gone. That's one of those that's never going to be broken. Yeah, and he, he owns like 5 of like of the 10, you know what I mean, on yeah. half of these. So nice. just, just you know, just check it out. Google it if you want because there it's you just go. too much. Ari, Ari then, on the go job. go see the movie, yeah. I like I'm that. I'm psyched. Ari on the job. I am too. I'm, I'm really pumped up about that and that I was already excited about it because it's kind of like what he was saying, that Will Chamberlain's that urban legend. You know, we all know about the 100 points. And like you said, the 20,000 women, that's part of the story. We know that. But it's not because I studied Will Chamberlain. It's not because I watched him play. It's not because I had a poster of him up in my wall. It's just that's what I know off of That's the legend, yeah. Ear recognition. Yeah, exactly. And it's just in name recognition. So to be able to actually see it, the family thing probably intrigues me the most. Knowing that this dude at his size was really kind of looked at as like, ooh, what's wrong with him? Like he's you know what I mean? Like these days, look, let me be his size. <laughs> I walk around the building, you couldn't tell me nothing. Nope. Right? I, I always say, man, sometimes people are big for nothing. Like, if I was big, I'd be big for something, right? I tell people all the time, if I was that size, I'd break every rim in town. I'd, you know what I mean? But yeah. that would be – and that would be something they'd be like, oh, that's cool, look how big he is. But then it was just like he was he was looked at as, like you said, a freak. Like negatively and almost. And it was – yeah, crazy. we call Giannis the Greek freak. I say it all the time. One, because I can't say his last name good, so I always call him Giannis or the Greek freak, and that's a compliment. Back in the day, calling him a freak was definitely not a compliment. It was like cussing him out. That's which, wild. Which is that much more like to for him to uh, achieve all these things in that time period? 
on top of everything. It's amazing. It is. It really is. Good stuff right there from Rob Ford. Really glad that we were able to get him on the show to talk about it again. It debuts on Friday. We'll get the screening on Thursday. We'll be able to check that out. And of course, we'll hear from Rachel Nichols as well on Thursday. 3.47 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Get to your calls and text. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Two tight ends in and a fullback. Snap. Handoff. Jacobs trying the middle. He walks in. Touchdown Raiders. Josh Jacobs with his 12th rushing touchdown of the season. And the Raiders are an extra point away from tying this game with 111 on the clock. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Just Josh Jacobs doing what Josh Jacobs does. Find the end zone. <laughs> uh, 12th touchdown of the season in 2022. Again, the dude's got a nose for the end zone. He's obviously got a nose for the, just making it happen on that field one way or the other, leadership in the locker room. Uh, he's just that all-around all dude, and we're looking at the at the calendar as he has six days to get that long-term deal done as he's holding the franchise tag July 17th is the deadline. We've been asking you the question. We've throwing it out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R and also uh, the phone lines when we don't have a guest. And guess what? We don't have any guests the rest of the show at 702-365-9200. Want to know if you have any concerns about the offense outside of Jimmy G's health because I think that that's something that, as long as you're being honest with yourself, that's something that has to be considered. But for me, the offense is going to be fine as long as – He's healthy, as long as 10 is healthy and under center. But, hey, that's that's my thoughts. What are yours? Again, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a text from Mike from the OC. said, love the show as usual, but there is literally an offseason issue every year with the Raiders. Not only with Jacobs, but the caller was right. Jimmy hasn't had any time to work with the team due to injury. I just hope this endless cycle of issues ends at some point and we can get back to winning. Mike from the OC, and I think, honestly – that's the biggest thing is is getting back to winning, getting back to when the Raiders were a dominant team, where they were that team that was, you know, the winningest football team on Monday Night Football, and they had this, and there's so many different accolades that they had for the longest, and it's been a long time since that has happened. And so, yeah, they, that's what they need to do is find a way to get back to winning football. Continuity goes a long way. Uh, this coaching staff has got to be able to figure things out, uh, and that's what they're attempting to do. Of course, you know, you could attempt to do everything you want. Can you get it done on the field? That's going to be the task at hand for the Silver and Black. 702-365-9200. Who's up, Ari? Mitch, thank you for your patience. Mitch from Jersey. Mitch, what's up, man? What's on your mind? Q, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going fantastic. I definitely can't wait to see the Will Chamberlain and the Dagmarie. I was I was a little tired of hearing about that Michael Jordan, and you know there's LeBron coming out. Right, of course. Kobe was into Yeah, definitely can't wait. Hey, before I get to my, my point here, I just read that DJ UNLA got drafted the twentieth round. Oh yeah, by the Dodgers. Yep, yep. Can he play? Can he play minor league ball and still keep his um? Like that, I guess it's okay now because he's getting paid with the NIL. Right. So can he still can he still play at Oregon State and also play ball? Uh, he can go back. Uh, and th- and thanks for the uh, thanks for the call. I think. Unless, do you have another one? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. Anyway. All right, thanks again, Q. All right, Mitch, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, uh, and, and my buddy Quan Cosby, he actually did this. Uh, he went and played Major League Baseball, and then he returned. And there's been other guys that have played, um, you know, football or, or baseball, excuse me, and then returned to college to to finish off their, uh, you know, their scholarship and, and what they had as far as eligibility goes. So, yeah, I mean, if he decided that he was going to go and play minor league ball, he could. And uh, he was, what, he used to be at, at Clemson, right? 
uh, was it DJ? Uh, and I, I struggle to say his last name. Um, but yeah, he's the quarterback. Uh, DJU is what we always, that's what I always called him. Anyway, he's now what at Oregon state. So they, they drafted him in to play baseball. He could, if he wanted to do that, but then he, he could return to, to college if, if, if in fact they wanted to have him back. So there's that Mitch. Thanks so much for your time. I definitely appreciate you coming up next. We'll get to your calls, text and cover three is Ray Nation radio nine twenty.